we've taken that for granted for a long time, probably, haven't we? And you're kind of outlawed to be here today. Um, I, I'm not sure uh, how many churches are meeting and, and uh, being able to be live, and we're sparse, but it's good to be in God's house, isn't it? So thank you for being with us today. A few announcements. Uh, just wanted you to uh, know that there is one Sunday school class that's meeting, um, and the others will wait a little while about Sunday school, but you're welcome to Sunday school at 9.30. Uh, Wednesday nights, we do meet in here at 6.30. We spread out, and it looks a lot like this, and we would love for you to be with us on Wednesday nights as well. Happy Mother's Day to mothers here, and uh, I want to give you some prayer requests for some friends to pray pray for Anna Irvin. Ron was pastor here for many years. His wife Anna's been in the hospital. She's still there, you know, uh, for, goodness, five weeks or so. Uh, dialysis almost oh, daily. So a, a shot at coming home this week. Good, good. So pray for Anna and Ron. He's not been able to go and visit her. Uh, Lisa Odell, who sits right up this way, uh, one of my neighbors, uh, back in the hospital, she does have cancer. Uh, she'll have surgery down the road on the 20th it's scheduled unless they can move it up. So please pray for, for Lisa. Uh, Jean Paul's still hanging in there and uh, getting strong in hospice. Uh, it's just going to take longer than they thought, but uh, he's in good spirits. So thank you for your prayers for Jean. A uh, friend of Harry, uh, Mike Burroughs, uh, needs your prayers. His mother passed away this week. His her name is Mabry Vickery, and they'll have a funeral Tuesday. Um, Cole Bardelli is a young man, 16, who's recovering from a motorcycle wreck, broke a lot of bones. And this is a friend of Kathy Yoakum's, and so please pray for the Bardellis. And also a friend of Kathy's, Kelly Carroll, uh, is recovering from surgery. Helen has a granddaughter who's a nurse and has been at St. Joseph's for a while. Embry. Embry, okay. Uh, for a while and um, has started a new adventure in her life. She's joined the United States Navy and uh, bless her for doing that. So please pray for Stephanie Weiss as she is there. Let's pray together. Father, bless Stephanie and thank you for those like her that serve country. We pray for her protection as a nurse and while we're doing that for her, we pray for all the healthcare workers that have done such a great job through this. Father, thank you that we can be in church, and uh, I just thank you for each one here. We pray for Kelly Carroll and Cole Bardelli, for the Vickery family, for Jean Pauls, for Lisa Odell, for Anna, and for Ron. And Father, we thank you for being so very good to us. Thank you that we can be here today, that we're comfortable enough to, to walk in here. So, Father, while you have us, be very close in Jesus' name. Amen. If on the screen this morning it says women sing or if it says men sing, that means everyone sing together, all right? Everyone sing all the words to all the words.
as I really wanted to share with you things I think everyone should know. Things that are so vital and so important that we all need to be reminded of. Uh, today I chose the, the topic, the inexplicable love of God. Every week I try to explain it, and I can't. Because He loves us more than that. But we're going to try today. Before we try, let's pray again. Lord, help us to not take one moment or one word for granted. Thank you for the privilege of being in your house, being together when a lot of people can't be. So while I thank you for each one here, I thank you for each one online. For various reasons, stay home, but they're with us. We thank you that they're with us too. For all of us today, Lord, help us to get a little bit more than we have before. Just about how much you love. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Again, I should begin with Happy Mother's Day. Usually we hand out flowers and candy and because of social distancing and recommendations in crazy towns, we're going to skip that this time of year. But we will, for a moment, talk about a mother's love. Uh, is there anything, any one phrase that your mother gave you that you wanted to share? I'm trying not to get too close. But something your mother said that made you know she really loved you. Wow, Charlie. Yeah, my mom used to always say, right, you just roll like a piggy out. Not exactly the direction I was going, but thank you for sure. I brought you into this world, I could take you out. We've all heard that one, by the way. But that, so your mother loved you enough to care what you did? Absolutely. Messina bailed us out of the trouble. Thank you, Messina. She always knew she was there. She was always there for me. Others? Because I said so. <laughs> because I said so. And love will tell you the truth. So these are all things about love. Do we have any idea what they do? What they've done? We, I have been fortunate in the mother department. Uh, I personally in my life had a lot of great examples, but immediately I've had six. My mother who died in Austin, and then my stepmother, who was from heaven and Mississippi. My mother-in-law was wonderful. My wife has been a great mother, continues to be. My daughter is a great mother, who's going to be a mother again this coming Thanksgiving. And my daughter-in-law is a great mother. And they're so special. When you think about all the hats they wear, mothers are nurses and cooks and taxi drivers and janitorial staff, and counselors, and priests, and partners, and bankers, and beauticians, and engineers, and referees, and teachers. And the list is really endless of the things that they do. I was loved by my mother, and my stepmother, and my mother-in-law. And I've witnessed great love of my wife, and daughter, and daughter-in-law. So today, focusing on the inexplicable love of God, I thought it is important to say, as much as mothers love their children, and oh, they do, God loves us even more. Now, if that gives us a little clue, as much as we love our kids, as much as we have been loved, God loves us more. God's love is the greatest love that we will ever experience. Jeannie and I have an anniversary coming up this week, 37 years. 
that's on Thursday. And while that happens, that's for two of class And as much as we love one another and as it has grown every year, God loves us more. Sadly, there are examples in history of mothers and fathers having strained relations with children. Sometimes it's so bad it's beyond repair. Most often it's based on behavior. Because we live in a merit-based society. Our kids are graded in their merit for schoolwork, and then they're rewarded for achievement and various extracurricular activities. Adults are reviewed at work and receive promotions and raises based upon performance, but there's one relationship that's completely devoid of any merit, one relationship that is truly unconditional in our trial relationship with God. Ultimately, is my relationship with my wife, are there conditions there? Could I do something that would make her not be real crazy about me? Sure I could. I could do that to my kids, they could do that to me, but God's love is fixed. Let me show you a staggering thought. Romans chapter 5, verse 8. About us. But God proves his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, when we were bad, worse than we are, Christ died for us. Isn't that amazing? God loved us before we knew him. God loved us before we were born. God loved us before our parents were born. God loved us as time began. He loved us before we even deserved it, if we ever do. I tried to think of the perfect biblical story to point at God's great love, and there's so many good examples. And later on, you might want to share with me which one might be your favorite and which one you would have gone to. But this example is one of many that speaks to me. I chose to look at a story from Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 27. After this, he, Jesus, went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up and he left everything and he followed Jesus. Now here Jesus picks the tax collector to become a disciple. We don't know him as Levi. We know him as his new name, Matthew. This is who we're talking about. Matthew, as in the writer of Matthew. Now, in the time of Jesus, rabbis would pick their disciples. They would say, follow me. And the disciple would be so thrilled to be picked that they would follow the rabbi. Being chosen was a great honor. But also, in the first century, at this time Jesus walked on the earth, only the best and brightest were chosen to be disciples of a rabbi. At age five, so if you know any five-year-olds, right kindergarten age, at age five, young boys went to the local synagogue to learn Hebrew and to start memorizing scripture at age five. By the time of their bar mitzvah, at 13, some of the best Jewish young men had memorized the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. They had memorized it. Others, before their 13th birthday, had gone on and learned the books of the prophets, 
Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. Not just the names of the books, which is hard for us to do, right? Every word in the book. Some of them learn the Pentateuch, and then they learn the prophets. The excellent the best and the brightest, went beyond that. And they learned the writings. Psalms and Proverbs and Job and Song of Solomon and Ruth and Lamentations and Ecclesiastes and Esther and Daniel and Ezra and Nehemiah and Chronicles. And they memorized Those who showed great promise were encouraged to continue their education past their bar mitzvahs. The best and the brightest. Now they knew the Old Testament. Memorized. And so then they would learn the commentary. They would learn hooking it together. They would learn how to teach it, how to express it. Express it. And about age 20, so seven more years, a young man may be chosen to follow a rabbi. They spent 15 years memorizing. The staggering thing here, one of the staggering, there's a lot going on. Is that Levi, Matthew, was a dropout. He was a tax collector. We don't know if he made it to his bar mitzvah. We know he didn't make the cut afterwards. Maybe he dropped out beforehand. So when he became a tax collector, they weren't as popular then as they are today. Sarcasm involved. They were turncoats to the Jewish nation. And this would have alienated him from the Jewish people. Now it's interesting, it does say about him, he got up and left everything and followed Jesus. Now when you left your franchise, you couldn't get it back. It's not like a fisherman leaving everything. You could go back and get a net. You could go back and get a boat. He left his position and he couldn't go back. And Jesus called him to be a disciple. I love that. And I love that because God can even use outcasts. Those of us that don't think we're worthy enough. But it really is interesting to me as we read further thinking about God's love. So think about God's love to Levi, man. Loved him enough to honor him with the position of being a disciple when he had blown. And look what happens beginning in verse 29 of Luke chapter 5. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him, for Jesus, in his house. And there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others sitting at the table with them. This is the opposite of a class reunion of the successful. These are all the dropouts hanging out together. All the tax collectors, all the sinners that they knew. It's a tough group. And there's Jesus right in the middle of them. Because he was right in the middle of them, the Pharisees and the scribes, the very religious folks, were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? The dropouts, what are you doing with these people? Jesus answered, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. And that's why Jesus that's why we still celebrate the story 2,000 years later. 
Now God's love is accessible to all of us. To each of us. Over the years, I've witnessed people who in their minds or in their behaviors have made lists of people that are unworthy. They have their own list of people that are like the tax collectors or people that are like the sinners. And I've called it, forgive the language, but I've called it their go-to-hell list. The people that are beyond the love of God. And that's what it really is. If you think someone is outside of God's love, where else do you think they're going? And it's a sad list that people have. And they forget that God's love has no bounds. God's love has no bounds whatsoever. You cannot be too good for God. You cannot be too bad for God. Now, one of the things we notice here, Jesus saying how he came for the sick. I love that. And this day and age, people social distance. We live in a different world than we did two months ago. People stay away. Have you gone down an aisle somewhere and watched somebody turn around because they saw you coming? Kind of messes with you, doesn't it? Like, am I that bad? We see people avoiding people in droves. They quarantine themselves. Jesus did not. Jesus loved us so much that he was willing to expose himself to this world, leaving heaven come here. And it is so interesting to me. What is our goal when we leave here? Where do we want to go? Heaven. We don't want to come back. We're in heaven. Jesus chose to leave heaven to come here. Only love can do that. Philippians 2 puts it this way about what Jesus did. Encouraging us. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form. And he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, death on a cross. Augustine said, God loves each of us as if there were only one of us. He loves each of us as if there were only one of us. If you look around this room and you were the only one, Jesus would have done it. He loves you, you, that much. Billy Graham said, God proved his love on the cross when Christ hung and bled and died. It was God saying to the world, I love you. And it was for you and for me. Over the years, I have seen some great examples of love. God allowing me to be a pastor and preach his word weekly has been such a privilege. And I know he loves me. He's taken such good care of me. And I know that that will continue. I found this quote about God's love from Henry Black to be about my future. It says, if you know that God's love, you should never question a directive from him. It will always be right and best. When he gives you a directive, you're not just to observe it, discuss it, or debate it. You are to obey it. And he loves us that much that he'll take care of us. And I know that he'll take care of us. I know that he'll take care of you. In the days ahead, I'm going to continue to let the world, the world know about God's love. I'm going to move through writing and blogging and blogging. But it's hard to explain the inexplicable love of God, but I'm going to keep trying. The one verse that's perhaps widest known and most memorized, and maybe first memorized, 
you would probably agree is John 3.16. That's the first one I probably learned. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Likely the first song that we learned, that I learned, was Jesus loves me. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong, they are weak, he is strong. And then we drill it into their heads. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. And then we grow from those little ones that learn John 3.16 and learn Jesus loves me. And over the years, we can doubt and we can wonder and we can forget at times that great truth that is so hard to fathom that Jesus loves you. That is certain. That is fixed. That is unchangeable. That is the truth. There is nothing that you can do about it except you should celebrate it every day. Karl Barth was one of the greatest theologians of the 20th century and one of the most prolific writers of theology in the 20th century. Seminary students today still study Karl Barth. When asked in 1962 on, his one visit, on one of his visits to America, how he would summarize the essence of the millions of words he had published. Millions of words he had published. How would you define its essence? Karl Barth said, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's the greatest truth you will ever know. The devil will try to spend his time making you doubt it, making you forget it, distracting you from it. But the one thing you need to know is that Jesus loved you so much that he gave his life for you. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, sometimes we can be thick-headed, and sometimes we can be forgetful, and sometimes we can be distracted, and sometimes we can just choose to run the wrong way. And Father, you always welcome us. You always choose us. As you chose Levi that day in a packed booth, you've chosen us in days past, because here we are, here we still are. And Father, we've heard these words so many times and sung the songs and heard the stories, but I'm not sure if I know anybody that is totally convinced, as they should be, Work with us to convince us, to remind us, to give us peace no matter what, to give us strength no matter what, to give us encouragement to share the good news no matter what, that you love us. We thank you for the examples of love that we have witnessed in mothers and aunts and grandmothers and neighbors and families and substitute mothers. But Father, we celebrate today the fact that you love us all. We ask that you would bless us as we leave this place and again keep us safe and strong and at peace and with the knowledge that you love us. This we know because the Bible tells us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Be safe. Happy day.